Welcome to TalkErie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. Our big story today is talking about mental health, and uh, we're glad to have our friends back from NAMI. We've got uh, Dr. Matthew Sippel and Julie Manorino, and uh, uh, thank you folks for coming on via the Zoom. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having us on. Thank you so much. One of these times you have to have us on for something other than depression and so forth. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, Discuss beaches in Florida or something. <laughs> there, there you go. I want to make, you know, what we could do is kind of do your whole uh, vocal band rock, rock star thing. Right, Dr. Sipple? <laughs> okay, I deserve that. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm just looking for your boa. That, uh, that's all I'm looking for, right? The boa. Uh, so, uh, you know. Nam, you know, when we've talked to Denise and 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 all you guys about NAMI and all the great work that they do and and you know and you know mental health first aid or whatever, um, so much of this has kind of come to light because of the pandemic, and now a year later, you're seeing the national reporting about really how as this thing has gone on this pandemic. The lockdowns, the isolation, the not being able to hug your grandparents and so on. We are really seeing an accumulation of uh, contagion, if you will, of pathology. So um, maybe you could help me understand what's going on, Dr. Sippel, about uh, the, the length of time with the pandemic. Is it just adding insult to injury right now, mental health wise? Well, it is, and I've uh, even earlier on, I was correlating this with how many times we kind of trick our brain a little bit that, oh, eight more weeks, I'm going on vacation, eight more weeks, Christmas break, these type of things. And as the pandemic, I think uh, earlier on, people were thinking, well, this is whatever, politically, whatever people thought. Then some thought, okay, well, we'll get a good handle on this. We'll be done in three months, then it turns six. But as we kept trying to hold hope to something and then it just turned indefinitely till further notice, it became more of a struggle to see the positive pieces. And we're creatures of routine and we lost a lot of that routine. And what made the pandemic so different for anybody, for everybody actually, is everyone struggled on some level in some way from this, whether it's from catching and having a family member, catch it, all these things to now we're stuck home with families. And of course, whether it's it's parents or caregivers, they're struggling with jobs and, and everyone's working home in the same place. So before when we're talking about whether it's college kids or, or younger, they're stuck at home. They're not having any other interactions and the parents, and I see them in my office, they're struggling. The teachers, um, the ones that continue to teach and even do Zoom, they're struggling. It's everyone they go to. You go to your therapist, guess what? They're struggling too. And they're trying to help you through the same struggle they're going through. So it's kind of like everybody is on some level of struggle where normally if you're yourself feeling depressed, while you can go to mom and dad or caregivers for support, significant others, things like this, we didn't have, we didn't have those people. Everyone was going through it, um, and we and this hit us so hard that we didn't have a good game plan. 
And, you know, the first thing was contain this thing, try to get a good grasp on, decrease the infections, decrease the, the death rates, things like that. And then the fallout is kind of what we're dealing with now. Um, and, you know, some interesting um, numbers that they found, and they're very sad, um, where they have actually found that um, um, before when the uh, depression, anxiety was the highest thing in college kids. Um, anxiety was at about 41.6% uh, of the population. This was pre-pandemic. And depression, even pre-pandemic, was 36.4%. Um, now, and about 25% were on some sort of medication for the depression. After the pandemic, almost 75% of all college students oh my are gosh. reporting some depression. And the, the super staring number in my world is, is one out of 10 within the last 30 days have thought and contemplated suicide. One out of 10 college students. Um, and I will defend colleges on a level that I colleges weren't really prepared for something like this. They've always had counseling services and things like that. Um, but uh, this was not something I think anyone was prepared and going back to school has not been the same experience and, and uh, seeing some college students in, in my world, um, hearing you know kind of the same scenarios over and over again. Um, and some of these things aren't things we can really change a lot, you know, at least at this point. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know if you guys realize this, but I, I interviewed the um deputy secretary uh of, of Pennsylvania for, for human services and we were talking about some of the helplines and things like that. And I asked her, you know, who is the champion when the governor is making a decision about what to shut down, what to do? And again, I'm not gonna get too political, but but she, but she basically said um the you know, the champion for mental health was basically trumped all the time by the the physical mitigation circumstances. And so even though, you know, statistically, it meant that very few college students or very few young people, anybody under 18 or under 24, would have a significant illness from this, maybe a cold, maybe, you know, um, you know, bad flu kind of thing. They did these these you know you know total lockdowns of these kids and and um, and again this is not to to um, to put anything against the colleges it was it was a universal mitigation effort and so so Julie when you're dealing with families again mm -hmm. let's let's not even think about colleges we're talking about families who have been in remote learning you know with mom or dad not able to go to work because the kid is home. And so they're feeling depressed or they're feeling stressed because maybe the money situation gets tight or they lose their, I mean, there's just like, so there's so many deep corners of this pandemic that really messes with your mind. For sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I want, I'm sorry, I don't yeah, mean to interrupt Julie. The one thing, um, and I know this is a big thing um, for us with NAMI is always breaking that stigma. If anything, this shows us how strong the stigma still is because mm. we put the we put the mental health stuff on the back burner. Well, we're not, you know, that's not a big deal. We'll just we'll throw that back there. Um, but to me, that kind of is a little bit of proof that that stigma is that strong still that we're not going to worry about that as 
now the new pandemic is our world, you know, and, and mental health for, for all these folks struggling, but I'm sorry. No, no, I, but no, to, just to finish that thought, and again, I kind of combined two thoughts. I apologize. It was a, a, a talk show host mistake, but uh, uh, no, the, 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 no, you're absolutely right. Dr. Simple insofar as that she kind of, she kind of said, well, we are just kind of picking up the pieces. Like it's like the aftermath. It's like the, the, you know, the tornado. And now we go in, and we try to, you know, try to rebuild uh, after a tornado goes through. And we and literally COVID has been a, a, a you know, a stage five tornado. Um, and um, but and again, we can't roll back the clock, but it makes you wonder, geez, if you if you would have just protected the most vulnerable people with underlying conditions and elderly and let the kids who had the least contagion against them um you know go on with their lives i wonder how much we how much of this could have been mitigated and so now julie pick up on that because you're seeing these kids you're seeing these families i mean i would have to say that i i think back to myself and me being in college and the excitement of transitioning from living at home to now independent and how exciting that was and scary at the same time. Um, And then being on my own and um, being able to now navigate what that's like. But then I think back um, and then you think about now and then it's like, okay, that was all taken from me. And I was told now you're going to sit in your dorm room or at home, wherever you are to learn Um, I think about how much they miss out, you know, and how much um, of of the social connections that I made in college and networking for lifelong um, relationships to advance my career, to advance um, my, you know, personal reasons, just anything. And um, how about you like, yeah, you wouldn't have been able to make that take that internship necessarily. You you know, you would I mean, real, real foundational things Mm -hmm. is what you're referring to. Right. And it it means so much. The books are very important. Trust me, I I learn a lot from books and that education piece. Um, But the hands on, I mean, watching the interactions with people, um, and, you know, and, you know, we kind of make a little bit of a joke about it, right? You know, I got to get to my next computer because <laughs> it's... <laughs> my next Zoom call is coming up. Yeah, yeah. It, it just starts to just, you start to disconnect. Um, it's hard. It's a really hard concept. I'm, I'm, I, I feel for them and learning is I'm, I'm more visual. I like to see things. So mm-hmm. well, um, if you think about in our younger years, we didn't go to our parents as we became teenagers and so forth. We went to our friends. Yeah. And as we've removed a big portion of that friend piece of it, um, and the folks that did go back to school, unfortunately, usually, like I said, if you're struggling in class, you can talk to other people. Oh, I went to that class. Oh, yeah, it's a hard class. Or if you're feeling down, stressed out, things like that, you would lean on your classmates, things like that. But they're going through their struggles with this whole thing on multiple levels too so that's what i think with the pandemic has made this um so much worse than anything else that we've seen uh in our generation and the video connection just doesn't do it right i mean i'm sure i'm sure there's i'm sure there's you know psychological data that we could go to but literally we we know (laughs) prima facie we know that this is not the same i mean you guys have been in my studio we've been able to 
share air, if you will, and 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 really kind of come to understanding. And and we could we could attempt to do that on on the Zoom, but after a while, you know what? I want to get back with my friend uh, Matt Sipple and Julie and 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 learn from each other again. And and so that's the issue that we're dealing with. But again, when you have kids that are already on the precipice, you know, thirty six point four percent depression rates before COVID. Uh, why? Oh man! Well, and even think of of the younger generation. They they've already been raised on computer screens and iPhones and TV. And, you know, I, w- I was even saying, you know, my generation, we go outside, we play and you know, all these other things. We naturally had these social interactions. Well, sports stopped for those that played sports. Um, people did music, they took that away. So we, I mean, the, they've gotten less social contact throughout the, the years. And now the, the, the little piece that they had, now that's totally gone, so. All right. It's tough too, I think, for them too. I mean, you go to mom and and mom is dealing with the same things. You know, I can't go to work. I have to work from home. We're all in the same boat. And it's hard to deal with, you know, the child coming to you with the same exact problems you're facing and you're trying to get through it. And it's a tough um, domino effect. Yeah. We, we, we're, we're doing a good job of identifying the problem here. We'll stay a little bit more with that, but eventually we will get to the solution side. We're talking to Dr. Matthew Sippel and uh, social worker Julie Manorino from NAMI here. There is uh, clinical studies out. You know, th- there was one that was released. Uh, student mental health and higher education has been an increasing concern. The COVID-19 pandemic situation has brought this vulnerable population into renewed focus. And, and you know, you know they, they out of 195 students of this uh, major uh, uni- public university, they said 71% indicated increased stress and anxiety due to the COVID outbreak. Um, 91%. Uh, include fear of worry about their own health and loved ones, difficulty in concentrating, 89%, disruptions to sleep, 86%, 86% decreased social interactions due to physical distancing and increased concerns in academic performance, 82%. Dr. Sippel, we, we, I mean, we're hearing anecdotal evidence that Dean's List kids are getting Ds. Oh yeah, it, the the numbers are failing. Um, I've heard it so many times, and, and a students. I, what what's the, what was the national number? There was some astronomical number um, failing, and, and it was. I mean, I see the kids, I see the parents, and it's it's. I can tell you what the kids will tell you. My own kids tell me this. A, it doesn't feel real. They know. Are they saying school of, school doesn't feel real? Is that it what doesn't it? feel real okay. on the screens. And the other part is they say that um, a lot of the teachers, and I'm not tearing up teachers by any means, um, seem less engaged. And I think, once again, they were thrown in this world without Absolutely. planning for it. They weren't ready for Zoom. And half the kids, that, even the teachers I see, tell me the same scenarios. Half these kids don't even have computers. And so they're just kind of, and a lot of kids aren't even taking it seriously and they're texting their friends while doing this if they can. Um, and they kind of, um, they took it very lackadaisical and I, and, um, um, a lot of them are out of routine. They're staying up late at night and parents felt bad for the kids cause they lost this ability. So they kind of let them pass on 
stay awake later, watching shows, so forth. So kids aren't sleeping the same. They aren't eating the same. Their habits are all out of whack. So everything's a snowball effect. And then mom and dad, because of the same stuff, their tolerance for anything, just like all of us, has lowered. Mm. So they're they're edgier with the kids. And it's just kind of like this vicious cycle all the way around. And then a lot of folks, whatever those coping mechanisms, most of us lost them, whether it's our friends, the social interactions, whether it's going to our, our churches and synagogues or, or so forth, where we weren't able to do that for a while. Even I've had almost all my patients. So when are you opening back? When can we come back live? I mean, they even try to sell it to us on our in our medical journals. Oh, patients and doctors alike love virtual appointments. Yeah, I guess if you see the doctor or the practitioner and sees you for 30 seconds, yeah, you probably feel like <laughs> I may as well just do this. Right, but, yes. But uh, those of us that like to be engaged with our folks, our patients, and and, and get to it, um, we, we want it live. And we're just meant to, to have it that way. And routine is lost. I mean, we could go through so many, so many ripple down effects. And there's so many, it's going to take us, there's going to have to be a new starting point and what that looks like and how that goes. It's going to be crucial. They're even talking about in our journals, a lot of folks have been traumatized by this. And the adults, parents uh, have been drinking a lot more. I mean, just think of how many effects uh, as a child, this affects the child. And probably a lot of parents are struggling and maybe drinking more. Not, a, not everyone, but, and from them, they're probably interacting less with their kids. I know with my kids, they played sports and we used to go with them, you know, five times a week. We're at a sporting event or with our kids. Yeah, now they're up in their room. And wow. we, you know, we try to bring them down and, you know, things like that. But um, yeah, there's so many things changed in all this that uh, they're saying uh, there's going to be a huge kind of trauma component to this, even after the fallout, after the depression and the anxiety, there's going to be a humongous uh, amount of trauma um, on some level for a lot of people. I got about two minutes before the bottom of the hour break. Julie, we talk a lot about the social determinants of health, right? And so, uh, I mean, we are, we, we've been just kind of talking about basically middle class existence, but you start uh, taking uh, away some of the resources, right? So the, right. Uh, the resources to, um, you know, somebody, you know, the, 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 the parent loses their job. Their kids are at home. Money is tight. Uh, maybe the you know maybe eviction notice might be lo looming. Um, mm -hmm. th that's got to be uh, a, an incredible stressor. And and it's it, what's what's a, it's astounding to me is um, you know are are there are there solutions are there are there ways that people can get help if they don't have any resources? Well. Um... There are several things in Erie you can reach out to as, as far as um, financial. I know that there has been some pandemic relief options and that type of stuff. But um, on the behavioral health side, I mean, I, you oh, know, NAMI okay. has a lot of right. free stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we talk a lot about, you know, uh, the rent assistance and all that stuff. But, I mean, they're, you know, they, people should try to kind of start helping their families uh, uh, behavioral health wise, right? You would think. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, I would encourage um, any of the families that do start to notice that kids are failing or not making that social connection to reach out for mental health. NAMI is a good resource. 
um, lots of programs within NAMI. And again, if you're experiencing a, a mental health emergency, call 911. I mean, we got to get that right out there. Um, and uh, but uh, there are there are resources for you at NAMI. Find out more. Uh, Google NAMI. N A M I. Um, all righty, let's let's uh, continue on. And and what, Doctor Simple? Let's talk about trauma and and uh, you have it on both sides okay so for these families that have loved ones in long-term care and they basically have been isolated from their loved ones uh for months and may have even lost their loved one due to COVID-19 some of these care facilities had 100 percent uh COVID rates and so on uh that trauma is going to be very difficult for uh for the um behavioral health community to solve wouldn't you think oh yeah and some some people everyone thinks of the nursing homes as kind of uh usually it's where they're living and that is a lot of the cases but what if you had a hip fracture mm. and you just had surgery COVID hits all of a sudden you're in a place and it's positive now you are there and your family can't come visit you um you can't go see your peers and, and you literally one day, it's almost like a, a, a horror movie. You wake up one day and now you're stuck in your room. And and uh, actually, the, this isn't little tongue in cheek, but this is true. When this stuff happened with Pat Sajak on Wheel of Fortune, my elderly folks were so upset because that was the one consistent thing in their life. Yes. The Wheel of Fortune. And don't forget, they just lost. We lost Alex Trebek. Yes. And then yes. Pat Sajak part happened and people were just, oh my gosh, it was very, very traumatic. I know it might sound silly to some people, but that was the only normalcy they had in their life. And um, and I've seen a lot of folks that seeing their grandkids, seeing their families, simple things. And at first, they were, most people were, let's do what we have to do to beat this thing. But when they got further and further into it, they got to a point where... You know, I am going to die fairly soon, whether it's in months or years, a couple years, but I rather have quality of life than quantity. And all this has given me is quantity. Right. You know, and most of us would say, well, my choice is I'm going to live an extra 20 years, but miserably, or I'm going to live an extra, I'm only going to live five more, but very good. Well, most of us are probably going to choose the other side. So, but um yeah, I, I've seen every scenario, um, especially in the nursing home situation. It's so sad and without politics, because the politics really upsets me. Only sure. for the fact neither one cares about us is the way I feel, because everyone's struggling and it just feels like there's just too much motivation for other reasons behind everyone. But um, the, and especially um, when we think of still, I, I can't say it enough, but the stigma of mental health and downplaying it and, and things like that as we're seeing this humongous pandemic. You know, as NAMI always is, is trying to get out the community about stigma, this this is like the proof to me. Um, even um, this study just came from February 18th, actually, where they found PTSD criteria, psychiatric criteria for PTSD, they found it um, in one almost one third of the folks from COVID. Now, interestingly, this actually went along with people traumatized from any other reason, whether it's from being in war or from being in a car accident and all the other horrific things that could happen to cause trauma. But it, it was uh, I, it should be an eye opener, really, if anything. Um, 
but that's that's my my thing. Of course, I get passionate when we talk sure, about this. Sure. This is, Julie, I want to ask you about, uh, again, uh, social work is, is a calling. Uh, people don't get into it for the money. Let's just say that much. But the, uh, <laughs> I mean, when you consider, you know, kind of this wave that, that our counselors and our social workers are facing now, and whether it is in families that, that have other social uh, determinants of health that, are, are, that they're dealing with, or, or just the, the idea of, I'm thinking about, you know, folks your age who, right. who yeah, no. you know, who are, are basically, hey, we we go out on Friday night. This is what we do. And I and they haven't been able to do it for a year. And, and at right. some point and again, it, it doesn't matter what age you are. You're going to have people that will think that the, the virus is nothing or that it's the the ultimate threat to their lives. Right. And so. You have that. You have that friend that's like doesn't want to leave their house. It's double masked inside their house, and and uh, and you know, and they're just they they need that's those are the people that need that connection, that help, that um, you know, to be able to be somebody to talk to. Walk me through some of some of some of the things that your friends are experiencing. Well, I can actually speak um, from a personal level. I have a thirteen-month-old. So, um, and I also have a 90 year old grandma. Um, so great grandma to my son. And it was a huge, um, struggle not to get emotional when I would show up to her house and have to wave through the window to, to let her see her, her grandson. So, um, that was, it's, it's been difficult, um, and in the only way to communicate with her, she's, she's vaccinated now. So we've made it over there. Um, but missing all those milestones of, of um, my son's life was, was awful. I have a few friends that have had a baby during the pandemic. So that was um, a really huge struggle. And I tell my patients um, this, and I try to follow it too, is just trying to get as creative as possible during the pandemic to make those connections. Um, we just did everything we could to still connect um, with my grandma, um, picked like one person to be able to go there and and use their phone to use FaceTime. Of course, she doesn't know what FaceTime is or, <laughs> <laughs> or any of that stuff, you know. Um, she's a healthy 90-year-old, thank God. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, or change your whole way of, of, of thinking. And I guess that's the part that I think will be the hardest to come back to is when I see people now in, in public, if you're at the grocery store, it's like you maintain that six feet and then, you know, you don't know if you should go closer or if you, you should like, you know, give them an elbow. <laughs> you don't know what the, like the norm is. And in some cultures, like a handshake, you know, it, it's just, it's crazy. The, the things that we've moved to, um, the mask, no mask, who should, <laughs> mm. it's just been really difficult. Now, interestingly, as Julie's saying this, I'm thinking of the studies I have read for years that we have actually found children that grow up with extended families, whether it's aunts, uncles, grandma, grandpas, so forth, actually psychologically do a lot better through life. And here, think about all, all these young kids and babies born during this. I mean, we, we, oh, I don't even want to think about what's to come because yeah. we're, we're just trying to deal with now, you know, right. but 
psychologically, we're losing that piece. Amazing. Amazing. So I got to ask you guys about the vaccine because we have it. We have response all over the map. We have people that are begging to get it and they're going to be the first ones in line as soon as they their number comes up. Then you have people that are totally against it. And um, and 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 again, there is there is a behavioral health piece to this, wouldn't you say, Dr. Sippel? Yeah, you know, I I blame a, a big piece on this on all the political parties. Sure. You know, one used it to, to advance, one used it as, well, we don't trust anything from this party, you know. In reality, it is a vaccine and we we the stuff behind it, we never had supercomputers the way we have it now in artificial intelligence. We never had so many cases of any um, illness that we could do rapid studies as quickly. Now, I've heard the other argument that we don't know long-term effects, and I, and I do understand that, but we do, this type of virus is very similar to a lot of other types of viruses we give vaccinations for. So we've actually, there is back material for it. Um, in the physician world, I don't know any physician that's been against the vaccine, not one. Um, um, and when you think of all the other types of vaccinations we have, I, I know some folks are for it, some are against it. Right. And I blame all the medias for this because anytime they can make a story out of something, um, I know there's folks that are against vaccinations, any type period. Mm. And I know part of that came on the hills of this one doctor, unfortunately did a lot of research with autism and said, well, getting the MMR vaccinations, I see a strong link. And of course he actually fudged the data because he spent a huge amount of his life doing this. Well, he's in jail, but that's what started the whole, I won't get my kids vaccinated. That was the beginning of that. And thus some people still go go to to grave thinking, don't get vaccinations. It's very hard to not think but, I remember when I was but a kid, as, as a professional, as a professional, yeah. when you're trying to assuage fear, mm-hmm. what what are what are the tools in your toolbox? I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Just well, f- total fear well, of that. Well, what I like to do is what is what is the the root cause of the fear? Like with the vaccination, what is that root cause? And if if they're worried about what is the long-term effects, things like that, I always have to be honest with someone. Um, but in the same way, I will show them numbers. I pull up scientific truths, follow the science stuff, not what everybody else says. Um, but I still have had folks, I don't care whatever you show me, I'm, I'm not getting it or I'm not going back in public. I mean, I could show them all the evidence in the world and factual evidence, but, and I, and I hate to say it, but I do think with all the social media stuff, I think that's kind of made so many people question everything. And, and in a way, rightfully so. I mean, yeah. we're taught over here to think this, then we're, no, no, that was wrong. And so we don't know what's true and what's not true anymore. But aren't we gonna, aren't we gonna, you know, believe our friendly neighborhood social worker or friendly neighborhood psychologist? I mean, seriously, at some point, if you're, if you're asking for help, you've gotta be able to receive the help. And yeah. I think that goes to your earlier point, Dr. Sippel, of if you only have 10 minutes with each patient versus a, a typical 50 minute counseling session or what have you, you're, you're not going to be able to drill down to, to the, 
you know, what 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 did uh, what did they say in Shrek to get through the layers, you know? Uh, the they, onion, <laughs> peel the layers of the onion. <laughs> the yeah. onion. You got you gotta have some time to do that. And and again, if you if somebody's coming to you, they're present they're presenting with a totally irrational fear about nearly everything at this point. Um uh, and again, I I think the studies are gonna come out where where huge phobias are gonna are gonna be developed from typically nominally, you know. I, I mean, it's it's basically what you're saying is like there's a tr- it's a trauma trigger is gonna cr- lead to all kinds of mental disorders out of this thing, and so we got to somehow fight that back. Well, if we're you know part of it still goes back to what we were raised to believe too. So if we kind of were raised in more of an anxious family, like I said, we're going to be a little more heightened. And this may have validated, you know, uh, our caregivers um, over obsession with, you know, not getting sick or flu season. I won't touch anybody. And, you know, this just took it and validated any fear you had before because it's posted constantly how many deaths we have. Even that angers me because all it does is going to go up. I mean, it never... Yeah. says it tapered off or there's you know it just adds well we had this main desk now even if we had one which is one too many but even if we had that now it's higher Deaths are higher today i, I kind of like to critique or criticize that kind of information because you're just adding to it but you're not saying oh you know we're 80 percent less than what we were you know uh october or, or yes. something like that yeah. um, and nobody's doing the pot trying to build i think there's, there's not a lot of positive about it, but when the numbers are dropping, things like that, and granted, if it's our loved one, that's still one too many, no doubt, but we aren't giving that piece. What I, I always say, we all need some hope and we all need goals. And this took away hope and goals. Um, people aren't going to college now. People aren't, you know, all these things. Wow. So, that's you know. true. People are making life decisions based on uh, a 12 to 18 month pandemic. And um, and that's that's kind of shocking, Julie. I, I'm thinking about again these families. Uh, let's let's give them some solutions here in the last four minutes. So, um, Nami is a great resource. Uh, again, I, I love seeing the TV commercials with uh, Denise uh, uh, talking about. You know, we're gonna we're gonna make uh, you know mental health first aid. You know, as mm-hmm. as common as CPR. Um, you know, there are there are tools that people can avail themselves of? Sure, I mean, when you speak general, like therapy or medication management, um, and on those resources, you know, you, you have a lot of options. Um, Erie does have some some resources too. Um, I don't know if I should name yeah, all go, of them. Yeah, go, yeah, go do as best as you can, absolutely. Well, I mean, um, you have us at the Center for Focus Care. Yeah. Um, we do med management. Um, we actually are um, one of the only facilities that offer transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is a whole nother session to talk about um, uh, esketamine um, to pull people out of depression. Um, I would say that I feel confident in saying that our facility offers the most advanced um, therapies for depression and, and mental wellness. So- let, me, let me stop you for a second because yeah. One of the things we were hearing mid mid pandemic that that the incidence of depression wasn't we were hearing that we weren't getting that many more 
volume of depression and again this is you know not mm-hmm. not more re- more recently i think it's it's it, the story has changed but that we that people were getting deeper like like addicts were going deeper in their addictions and mm-hmm. are you seeing that at your center that uh that that basically the cases are tougher yes uh, yeah 100% it it's not just like I said, you're we dealing with the depression or anxiety. Now you have to add on the financial, the daycares uh, that people don't have ac- had access to. They're starting to to open up a little bit here and there and, and restrictions are dropping now. So that's that's a little bit of hope. And I I would say that now that some things are, are moving a little bit further, I think, what is it, April 5th, things are going to drop a little bit um, with restrictions. So, but I, I mean, it was, it was a really tough, um, to navigate the pandemic and what you're supposed to tell these people to do when you're going through the same exact yeah. thing. Wow. Um, so we didn't, we didn't even have any research. So there was right. nothing even from us. We had retrospective stuff. And I'll just throw this in there. They found Zoloft decreases uh, the symptoms of COVID. But anyway, that's a side <laughs> note. I doubled my vitamin D, you know, I doubled yeah, my, yeah. I asked my doctor, I, I, I went to primary care, but the, you know, I said, can I double my vitamin D? I hear it <laughs> works against COVID and sure enough. I, I, I think if you are starting the struggle, the quicker you can get it, yeah. the easier it is for us to, to work with you and get you out. But whether it's starting with your family members, whether it's a sibling, whether it's a parent, um, a friend, and yes, they may be going through the same thing. And if you feel you're not being heard, NAMI does know um, and are very good at knowing uh, um, what level or where to send if it's something uh, um, more so than what they can do. And they can help in a lot of situations. Um, Your rabbis and priests and uh, honestly, let someone know because anybody that works with the community knows the resources and at least start there. Yeah. And, and sometimes maybe just talking to that person might be enough that you feel like, okay, I'm not in this alone. Or maybe to say, you know what, let, let me, let me find someone that can help you work with this. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we've been hearing this, the narrative, you know, reach out and make sure you're, you're taking connection. And I think that goes so far, but when you're talking about severe mental illness or severe behavioral health or trauma, you've got to seek a professional and, and, uh, and again, if you're picking that up on yourself or you're picking it up on a loved one, you know, there's just we we are resource rich in this community and mm-hmm. and your your guys doors are open, you know. So um, let's let's give a let's give a shout out to your website, phone number, some contact information. Um, so you can reach us at 814-790-4567. Um, our website is CFF eerie.com um it'll give you a, a pretty good explanation of everything we do here um and uh you can give us a call to initiate an intake we are taking new patients yeah. um we offer med management and therapy so we'll lead you in that direction and if we don't take your insurance or we can't you know help you from from that perspective, we'll, we can at least guide you in, a, in some way to, to get you connected. And of course, crisis services is available 24 seven. Um, off the top of my head, I believe it's four, five, 
six. I don't want to say that well, wrong. Well, do two one one, two one one for crisis services. That'll yeah. get you. The, and of course, uh, you know, there's lots of uh, opportunity with Nami Erie. Nami Erie dot org is their website. I want to thank. Well, I mean, they are a really, really awesome resource. Yeah. I mean, Denise and the folks uh, with Nami, they know of all the things Erie County has to offer for the person. I just, I'm just afraid that they're going to be overloaded. I, I think all of your case managers, all of, you know, whether it is, you know, whether it is financial and, 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 and behavioral health and physical health, all of, all of our, all of our human resources, uh, I think they're going to have to clean up of the aftermath of, of, of this, of this virus. And again, it's not anybody's fault. It just, right. it, it, but it's just, uh, uh, um, we're just now understanding the wake of it all and too much tragedy, honestly. So, but we'll, we'll leave on a, on an up note. I, I appreciate you guys giving up the time and your expertise for our listeners. I really, really appreciate it. Well, God bless everyone. Thank you. And uh, let's all try to stay strong and be there for each other, no matter who you are. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com. <laughs>